Hi, and welcome to She Geeks Out, a podcast where we geek out about all the things. I'm Rachel. And I'm Felicia. Recording is in progress. It's official. Yep. Well, hi, hi Rachel. Hi. Hey, Felicia. We are talking again. We're still here. We're still talking. We just are hit and record this time. <laughs> it's the only difference. Um, yep. It is currently December 2nd, I believe. No, it's actually December 3rd. Trash. Immediately. What is time? But what is time? According to conventional practices, <laughs> it is December 3rd today. According to the patriarchal white supremacist system that we live in, it is December 3rd. Yes, I will say we have so much to talk about and catch up on. It has been a while since we've had a good gab. It's been a while since we put out a podcast episode, but we wanted to take a moment to just reflect on 2021. Although, is it 2021? Is it 2020? Is it 2020 <laughs> version 3.0? I don't actually know. Are we know. in the matrix? Are we in the matrix? Yes. Definitely. Um, in my personal world and Animal Crossing, it is in fact December 2nd. So I feel like you weren't entirely off there because I am time traveling as the kids say, but <laughs> figured it would be a good chance for us to touch base whatever date and time and world we're in to see what has been going on. So, so much. Yes. Yeah. So there's, we've talked about kicking this off in a variety of ways, um, looking at it internally. Uh, thinking about it from an industry perspective, what's been going on in the DEI landscape, um, particularly for companies and organizations, and then how that is all sort of meshing with what's happening beyond in the outside world, um, of which there are many things. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, so I think we were talking about maybe starting, starting on January 6th, which I believe you actually had a training uh, did it, did, was there, no, I believe I was in a meeting when uh, all of that happened. And because we all live in this virtual world now and we have 20 screens up at all times, you know, we're in meetings and we're, you know, we're trying to have normal conversations, businessy conversations, while we're literally watching people smashing through and climbing the walls of the Capitol. Yeah, you know, it's it's not funny, but... If you really think about it, when when Rachel and I were chatting about where do we start with the year in review, we both immediately thought about January 6th, as, as you're bringing up. And I was not in a training that day, but it was just such a weird, eventful point in time that I think just set the tone for this whole year, because it was the first week of January. <laughs> SGO does no meeting weeks the first week of every quarter. So I believe it was our no meeting week to kick off which the I, year. Which I definitely still had meetings because I remember because I am the worst. <laughs> it's something that you're working on. I'm working but, on But, you know, it was a relatively quiet day. And yeah. all of a sudden, the world is ending and our government is getting overthrown and people are smashing through Congress. And it was just wild in a word. And you know, it's not like we didn't see it coming. And I think it's all, you know, Felicia and I have talked a lot about, you know, this, especially over the past few years, it's been, you know, make plans, God laughs, Mm -hmm. because I think, you know, when 2019 happened, I think there was a lot of enthusiasm and excitement for 2020. And then 2020 was, you know, the end of the world, 
uh, in many Basically. ways, which we'll talk about uh, as well as the pandemic and how that impacted everyone. Um, and then I think there was sort of a, a hopefulness as we started to enter into 2021 as well. We're like, ah, okay, fresh start, vaccines are coming, new president, like, you know, hate speech won't be living at the White House anymore. It's going to be good. And then bananas uh, beginning the 2021. And so I think now as we think about as we enter 2022, I feel like fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. So I'm <laughs> definitely sort You're of like, like so what about the fool me thrice? Yes. <laughs> what, what's that part of the rhyme? <laughs> yeah. And we'll get, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, future, future thoughts, but <laughs> just with that in mind. Yeah. You know, and I think just along with what was happening externally, internally, of course, you know, I know we've talked about it before, but 2020 was such a intense year in so many ways. And from a business perspective, we started off in the spring of 2020 when COVID originally hit, really wondering if we would survive at all. And I know you and I had a lot of really, really challenging conversations and decisions. And there was a couple months where it did not look good for us. And then all of a sudden the pendulum started swinging quite dramatically in the opposite direction where, you know, unfortunately, and in large part due to George Floyd's murder, all of a sudden the interest came flooding in. And so basically from June through the end of December in 2020, we were bombarded and overloaded and overworked and stressed and all of the things. And so really January, we were thinking, okay, we're not going away. (laughs) The business is here. We're doing a lot of important work. We have stretched ourselves to the limit. Let's take a reset and really think about how can we intentionally be there for our team, for ourselves, for the work. And 2021 is a brand new year. And I think that that's why I know you and I just keep coming back to the 6th of January because it was just such almost like a slap in the face. Like, oh, first of all, this work is so important and it's not going anywhere. Secondly, the apocalypse. Well, let's talk about what is it? Apocalypse 3.0 at this point. Mm -hmm. Like the world is just trash and on fire. So where do we go from here? Only down apparently. (laughs) I think the question came up a lot last year. Um, is this a moment or a movement? Um, and now that we're, what we're seeing, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that, especially given a lot of the work that we've been doing lately and how that's evolved over the years. Um, but I've been thinking a lot about um, sort of how the, the, the DEI space for companies, there has been a lot of intentionality around it. And I think, you know, we talk a lot of this. I typically, what I like to say when we do this work, especially because our name has the word she in it, I like to tell people, you know, our work isn't just about gender or race or age or ability. It's about the human experience. And I think what's been really, um, you know, lovely in this crazy dark world that we are living in, in this darkest timeline, is that there is an affirmation that there are so many people that are genuinely committed to being better toward all humans. And that has been, to me, what has been sort of the silver lining. And I know that people who listen to this podcast you are fortunate that you only see that side because usually I'm very dark. <laughs> well, this we're we're still getting into it, so That's just wait. Fair. 
but there is, but there is that piece of it. You know, I think that has been the good part about the work that we do. And you're totally right. Like back in, you know, March, April, May of 2020, I was like, well, it's lovely working with you, Felicia. been really a great run. <laughs> I know we were starting to talk about, okay, so we'll get some jobs as baristas. And... Yeah. Which, which when, yeah. because there were no baristas in March, April, May of 2020 either. I know. So <laughs> virtual baristas. I know it was, it was pretty rough and, you know, and then I think it's just also, I think it's worth it to chat a little bit about sort of what's been going on for us personally too, because of course it's so hard at this point to separate the two. Yeah. Not that you and I have ever shied away from sharing our personal lives with the <laughs> podcast world because we love doing that. But, you know, I think there's been a lot of changes too, um, just in terms of if we think about the year in review and sort of what has 2021 looked like for both of us, you of course had, you know, you sort of were the the vanguard, like you got out of Boston in December, 2019, right ahead of the curve there. <laughs> and Ooh. you ended up buying your house in San Diego uh, in 2020, I think it was. Yeah, Cause again, summer. what is time at this point? No, summer um, 2020. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, for myself, I ended up moving, buying a house and moving out of the Boston area in summer 2021. And we've also seen a lot of shifts in terms of what the company has looked like too, because we've had some people come and go. We just finished another round of hirings and, you know, it's just been really great to see how we've been able to continue to grow. And your question around, is this a movement or a moment? I think it is, I would say probably, I think it's a movement, but the issue is that this is not the only movement that is happening right now. Mm-hmm. So what we're seeing is there is a movement. That was a big question you and I had at the end of 2020, which is, is this going to die away? And, and by this, I mean, focus on social justice. I mean, uh, commitment to DEI initiatives. I mean, care for this work. I mean, budget and money, all of that. And so we were, that was the question we were really thinking about heading into this year saying, okay, it was, there's been so much attention on it. A lot of it's been reactionary. Will this actually continue in 2021? And what we've seen is that the answer has been, yes, it will continue and just continue to grow more and more. But on the flip side, we're also seeing a counter movement around things like fear of critical race theory and the rise of conservatism and, um, you know, just increased shootings and deaths and all of the other things that are counterbalancing this move towards justice. So on the one hand, it makes me feel really hopeful because the work is, is there are people doing it and it's been really, really wonderful to have these moments throughout the year of seeing those connections and those light bulb movements and seeing companies continuing to be engaged and committing. On the other hand, it's really depressing because there still is just such this possible, this real possibility that all of this work is for nothing. And I think that's kind of how I'm feeling in December 2nd or 3rd or 5th or whatever today is of 2021, that there's so much positive movement, but it's so tenuous and we're still, it feels like we're just dancing on that razor edge. So. Uh. Yeah, I think that there's there is there's a lot of fear and I think the folks that are are afraid are emboldened 
to speak their truth. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it is really, really scary because there's so much fear that, you know, an increasingly diverse country and we're in the US so specific to this country it's increasingly diverse it's increasingly black and brown it's increasingly young it's in, and the younger folks are way more comfortable with the concepts around gender fluidity um, and sexuality and that is rubbing up against a lot of, of the more conservative thoughts and there's and there's there are fewer so there's this, there is this absolute tension. And, you know, we, we talked about this too. I mean, you know, the Trump administration was not shy about their feelings of, of the work that we do and essentially canceled it for mm -hmm. government. And, um, you know, I feel like if he had been reelected, it's very possible that he could have tried to cancel it for you know, mandated it for all companies would not be allowed to do this kind of training would find a way to make it so that no one would be able to do this work, not just government uh, folks. So that was certainly a concern. I mean, that is where we're at. And that's why, you know, seeing folks that are in power who are of a certain demographic specifically makes it really, really hard. Um, you know? Yeah, it's and again, it's like it's this, like you said, this this dichotomy and this sort of counterbalance and tension, what have you, where yes, it makes it so hard. And part of the joy in the beginning of this year was with the new administration coming in so much mm. amazing. You know, we've seen the first woman being elected to vice president. Mm -hmm. um, for me personally, it was such an emotional moment when Kamala Harris was up there taking the oath because mm -hmm. she is a half Indian woman. I am a half Indian woman. I tell people this all the time. This is why representation is so important because unless you've never been in that position, like you don't even understand what it's like to see someone like you. And I tell people this all the time in my trainings and it was such an emotional moment for me at that point in time, because I had never really felt that myself where I was like, wow, here it is. This woman who like, looks like me, I have all this stuff in common with, like, I'm finally getting it on such a deep personal level. And I will not, uh, I, I'm not ashamed to admit, like I was crying because mm -hmm. I was just like, holy crap, like this is happening. And I don't want to be president, but the fact that I can see someone like me, it just is so important. And, you know, and then not just her, but there's been all these other people, the first uh, indigenous woman to lead, you know, um, Deb Holland coming in, we have transgender people coming into the administration, we have more black and brown and, and different people coming in. So I think all of that is so so positive but again it's like this it just feels like we're we keep swinging back and forth and back and forth and so it's just been um yeah it, it's been really it's been a lot it's been a lot <laughs> yeah and I think that that's that's just it I mean that is why we're seeing so many folks that are you know freaking out about the CRT and that are um 
you know, just upset about all of the change that's happening is because they are not, it's so, I think about this a lot because I know that you and the other facilitators experiences in the workshop is folks that have identified in the majority for their entire lives for the first time are experiencing what it's like to not be in the majority. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it's, it's, you know, and, and I've been, every time I hear that from someone, I'm like, cool, welcome to the party. Right. And you know, and it's, it's, this is what makes it so infuriating because it's not about taking things away. It's just expanding. I saw a tweet today that I saved, which I really loved. It's from this um, person named Joe Lumen, and they wrote, liberation is going to feel really bad to people who benefit from inequality. Do you know, want, do you want to know why? Because your nervous system codes privilege as safety. Mm. And that really struck with me, which is why I saved it. <laughs> because that's exactly it. We have all of these people who've benefited from, from unequal privilege who are now not wanting to share the wealth, essentially. And, you know, and it's just like, it doesn't have to be a us versus them. It can be a everyone is part of the party. And yeah. it's just really, it's really amazing and disheartening to see how many people just don't care about other fellow human beings because it's exactly that's such a great quote I hadn't heard that but it is exactly that is that fear that you are not safe and again it is like welcome to the party imagine being um uh pulled over a number of times for no other reason than literally the color of your skin Mm -hmm. or being microaggressed time and time again throughout your entire formative years so that you end up becoming afraid to speak your mind or take up physical space. That's mm-hmm. something that for me, um, and we can certainly talk about that is uh, one of the, the areas of growth for me this year has been really understanding fat phobia and how that ties into patriarchal thinking and white supremacist thinking. Um, and I just wasn't even really aware of that. So I'm always learning as well. It's like, oh, I hate my body. Oh, because of years of conditioning to do that imagine being a guy and being able to walk in the world and not have to care at all, you know? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I've been thinking so much this year. Um, I wouldn't call it a growth area, but what I've been really thinking a lot about this year is how it's, it's so difficult to think about liberation and changing the systems when even you and I are Mm -hmm. part of the system, right? And so uh, I had actually posed a question on my Instagram a couple months ago Mm -hmm. where I had sort of, I forget why this came to mind, but I had kind of like just realized or come across the idea, which is not an idea, it's the reality that for women, we don't have our own names. Like Mm -hmm. every woman in this world is tied to a man in some way, through the names. And it just blew my mind because I was like, I talk a lot about this in training where I'm like, well, you've opened up the rabbit hole and like you've unpacked Pandora's box and now we got to dive down that rabbit hole. And I was, it, it was like my own personal rabbit hole that I opened up mentally where I was like, where do we even go back to, to get to that point where a woman has her own name? And so I asked this question in my story. I was like, if you could create your own name, what would it be? And it was super interesting because it wasn't so much about what the names were. It was just about the fact that, you know, when I got married last year, I did not take my husband's name, but my name is still not, it's, it's my father's name. Right. And, and that is just 
so incredible to me that we, as a society, don't have agency as women in that way. And so like, those are the kinds of things I've been trying to wrestle with this year, which are of course like big ideas and big shifts. But even, you know, we mentioned we have a couple of new people who've joined and I've been thinking a lot about age as well and the generational shifts and a lot of thinking that has gone into, am I wanting certain things from my team members or the people who report to me because it's the way that they should be working? Or have I fallen into that mental trap or that mental sort of um, perpetuation of the systems that maybe it doesn't have to be this way? And, you know, there are no good answers sometimes, but those are the things I think that we're starting to see shifts societally towards this greater kind of thinking. I loved when you asked that because it blew my mind, but I'll just tell you, I was so cocky about it because I was like, (laughs) no, I don't because I have my mother's maiden. But your mom has someone, some man's name. (laughs) It just took me a minute. I got there. I was like, oh, then the grandfather's. Right? Like, (laughs) I'm so stupid, like on the face of it. But then when you really think about it, like, I just really feel like it's like that there's like tons of these giffies and memes out there of like minds exploding. And I'm like, my mind is exploding (laughs) with this idea. (laughs) I know. And it's so great to have these moments because it just grounds us into the realities of where we're at. You know, the other thing, the, the, the other sort of, I don't know, kind of a big deal for me. And in this space is I've gone fully gray haired, full gray haired lady at this point. And I, you know, and I turned 46 in September and dude, there is something about being close to 50. That is no joke. I had like my back went out three times. I had a ton of anxiety. I like, I put on some weight because part of my whole, like, screw the patriarchy. I'm going to eat whatever I want. (laughs) And I was really struggling a lot this fall actually. And I was like, what can I do to be okay with who I am and not just let these systems wash over me and crush me Mm -hmm. and slump my shoulders and make me feel bad and just not want to get out of the bed in the morning. And it's not easy to walk in the world you know, and we talk about inter- intersectionality, there's a ton of identities. And then, because on top of all of that is, you know, the layer of guilt that exists because I know the amount of privilege that I have. So I am so fortunate in t- t- countless numbers of ways, especially given the pandemic, you know, it's myself and my husband and we don't have kids and we live in a climate that allows us to be outside all year round. And, you know, I have an incredible team that I work with and he also has a great job that he loves. And so it's like, and we have friends and family and it's like, could not be more blessed in all of the ways. And yet here I am, oh, I'm gray haired and I gained 10 pounds. <laughs> it's not easy. It's complicated. It is complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then that's, that is the work to me. That is what this work is. And I think as frustrating as it is to think about how folks are just not even ready. They're so afraid. They're not even ready to dive into what's going on. Um, There are still so many people that are doing it that have never done it before. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. I'm going to be optimistic on this. I'm just going to be optimistic. (laughs) 
<laughs> so we spent a lot of time talking about the beginning of the year. We talked a little bit about what happened um, towards the end of the year, I guess. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I can't even tell you what happened in the middle of this year. <laughs> it might as well not have existed. A lot of Animal Crossing. Uh, yeah, a lot of Animal Crossing. Um, you and I both got on that train very late, oh, but nice. are very into it. Um, actually, really, really quick side note, but I think it relates to what we were just talking about. So I'm sure most people, if not everyone listening, knows Animal Crossing. But if anyone is not familiar, uh, handheld Nintendo game, you can create a little avatar, you can create an island, design a lot of stuff, chat with villagers who are animals and sometimes robots, but whatever. And so my question for you is, given what you just shared around like your gray hair and things like that, in Animal Crossing, Mm. does your avatar have gray hair? And does your avatar look like you? It looks like the version, the animated version that I would like to think that I look like. <laughs> yes, she has gray hair and they've, they've upgraded it. And now you can go to Harv's Island and get a haircut. Mm. And every time this hairstylist gives me a haircut, I'm like, no, I'm going back to that existing. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I had not gotten a haircut yet, but yes, in my, in my little Animal Crossing world, my avatar, um, I usually keep the hair somewhat similar to what my actual hair looks like, but I have been playing around with the hair colors. So I did have, um, like green hair at one point and then I had purple and I, I changed it to a nice Auburn for fall. Although now have you gone gray yet? Go do gray for winter. Maybe it'll be gray for winter. Mm -hmm. Because as we know, that's the end of life time <laughs> the cycle of life yep cycle of life <laughs> literally have I have been going gray since I was like 20 it's just genetic <laughs> well I, I've been surprised because I have definitely gotten quite a bit more gray hairs in the last year and a half or so <laughs> than I think I would have otherwise but I have actually not been as gray as I thought I might be considering my mom was also very early gray, completely gray and has dyed her hair for many years, but I have uh, just been rocking whatever this is. And my big thing is more, I don't do haircuts anymore. Well, I think it looks great. And also I think, I do think I know what you did this summer. I knew what you did last summer. Um, Murder? You murder, no, that's a totally different (laughs) podcast. Um, You moved. Oh, I did move. Oh yeah. We used to have an, a team that was entirely based in Boston. Yeah, and literally now have no one, like nobody, no one's there. in Boston. I'm still, I'm still tied to Boston. You're sure. and you're and you're still repping Massachusetts. So appreciate. I'm repping Massachusetts. I'm repping Boston. I am an hour and forty minutes away, and you know what? Uh, all these changes with the new administration and these big spending plans and all that stuff. I'm really hopeful that I'll be actually less than that in the near future as we get some more train lines in and all that good stuff. But yes, yes, you're absolutely right. I did move. I bought that house. I moved to Western Massachusetts and I am a, a landowner now. So that's problematic too, because talk about land acknowledgements and this is stolen land, but now I guess I am part of that problem. So the work never ends. 
No, no, no. And it is interesting because the work that we do, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you probably just work with tech companies because, you know, we have geek in our name. So it kind of mm-hmm. makes sense. But our, our, we have a ton of different types of clients. And one is, you know, we've worked with several actually different real estate agents, not real estate agencies, real estate companies, firms, firms mm-hmm. large whatevers. Um, and, you know, it's interesting when you think about like real estate, land acknowledgement, DEI work that we're doing and that the role and responsibility and and the environmental justice um, piece of it as well, which we didn't talk about. We haven't talked about it yet either. Mm -hmm. I know Um, that's something you're really excited and interested in too. And you've done a lot of research on, especially this past year. So. Yeah, that was just another area of growth for a, a learning for me is I just, um, when I was in high school, I was a huge environmental nerd, but I didn't have the justice lens mm. to it. And so I, I learned, it was really interesting that, you know, envir- environmentalism in many ways is, a, is like a, a white person's kind of thing. And um adding into this, the aspect uh, of the environmental justice is so critical because it's really about the, what, what is happening in neighborhoods, in areas, what, where are people dumping their toxic waste? Who are the people that are actually getting impacted by all of the emissions that are coming out? The, um, it's typically people who live in poor areas because, you know, none of the richie folks want to have, you know, the toxic stuff in their area so it ends up all getting dumped into the poor folks areas which typically are black and brown people so and then on top of that on the gender side you know uh women are you know there are birth defects that are happening hormonally because of the stuff that comes out of the water that they're drinking so Mm -hmm. i think that just having that lens is really important as we you know we're going to be hurtling toward you know Earth Month in April, but every month should be Earth Month, as, as they say, and, and that piece should never be neglected. It's obviously we want to make sure that everyone is taken care of and the, that the planet itself is taken care of um, and, and all the animals as well that, um, that are getting harmed. But I think it's really important to remember that a lot of humans who don't have power and agency, um, who don't have options for living in a variety of places, um, are getting harmed as well. So. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think, again, it's like, there's just a never ending list of ways we can be looking <laughs> to how we've just seen time and time again, especially in the last year, this inequality highlighted. Right now in December 2021, we're looking at vaccines as being mm-hmm. really big. And that wasn't, that was probably the biggest thing um, beyond everything else that we've already talked about <laughs> that happened this last year is we got the vaccine rollout. We both have been fully vaccinated and boosted, which has been amazing. And just even seeing how that all came together in such record time was, was really something. But now what we're seeing is that it's just highlighted again, like this inequality around access and information. And, you know, we're blaming poor countries for not having access to vaccines, yet here we are hoarding and not giving it out and then not taking advantage of it. And, and not you know, releasing and I, the IP also exactly. to make it so that they can create their own. Right. And so it's just, you know, and, and even things around like naming. So we have right now the, um, the latest variant, which, uh, Omicron. <laughs> Omicron. Omicron. Oh, I think that's right. Omicron, Omicron. Um, and Omnico- I like to call it Omnicorp. <laughs> 
because it just sounds like an evil corporation. I mean, basically, and you know, and people are calling it the South African variant. It, that's actually not true. It was the South African scientists who alerted us to this variant, <laughs> and it started in Europe. So why can't we call it the European variant or whatever? And I'll also be really honest. Every time I talk about vaccine variants, I cannot help but think about Loki and the TV show <laughs> with the variants and Marvel Universe. Oh, and- yeah. I didn't know where you're going with that because I totally <laughs> forgot because I felt like I watched Loki a million years ago, but you were yes. off with that, right? So I just, we live in, we live in a, the matrix and I really, truly believe that all of this is just some kind Loki of- variants. You think Loki that's what we're all I, I think we're like, we're, we're in like a branch that branched off and needs to be cut off. <laughs> like, I'll just say, it. I think we need to be cut off from the main branch. You know, I used to believe that, and I guess, yeah, I still do to some extent, as I was just kind of exhausted to think about it is, you know, we're not where we were a thousand years ago, you know, where, where only a few people had access to reading uh, and, and let alone like, you know, food and there's no plumbing and no torture systems and religion was, you know, the reason why people would go around murdering and committing genocide basically. Um, you know, we're not there. So, you know, there's that. Uh, there is that, but what I've actually also been thinking about a lot recently is you know, all of this stuff happens in cycles, right? So we're just repeating cycles. And what I've been thinking a lot about is the fact that, you know, if you go back to like Homer's time, right? The Iliad and the Odyssey, Homer, like when he was writing, he was part of a, a culture and moment in time where they had their own dark ages. And then they had a civilization that had been highly advanced and super, you know, intellectual and progressive and all this stuff that had been wiped away. And that to us, like, like, again, just thinking about time and how long time is and how much has happened. And that to me just really, you know, back to your question, a moment of movement, I'm like on a higher level, are we in a moment right now where like, this is the beginning of the end or are we just in a movement towards something better? And mm-hmm. I truly do not know. And I don't know if that's like depressing to think about or not, but I really have been thinking about, you know, it just feels like everything is so heightened at all times right now. And even this week alone, we have been hit with so many different horrible things that it just feels like on the one hand, we're numb to it because we're just in this, we're operating in the state of everything that's been happening. And on the other hand, it's like, how much more can come our way before it all collapses? So, yeah. Yeah, no, well, and I agree. I mean, yeah, it's bananas, everything that is happening. Um, And I will say what has also been interesting is to see the power there. There's certainly power in community, huge, mm. huge power in community. There's also a lot of power in individuals. And I kind of feel like that's what I've been seeing more of, especially with all the crazy news. Like, and I'm and look, it goes cuts both ways. Like the power of one individual can be incredibly, incredibly impactful to the future of 
the world, especially when we're talking about people in the US that have so much power right now. Um, you know, when I look at people like Trump or uh, Kavanaugh or um, Abbott, you know, like these individuals hold so much power. Um, we got to find ways to have folks that are, <laughs> I'm just going to say not evil, uh, you know, to also find ways to make sure that they have power too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when we think about politics, it's like, it's easy to say, you know, it's just like we Democrats, we progressives get in our own way because we're a little bit more nuanced. We don't fall in line so easily. We're more intentional about how we want to think about things. So it's, it makes it harder for us to move forward. And as opposed to the simple kind of like, everybody's evil but us. So we just need to go in this direction <laughs> mindset. You know, I, I don't have an answer, but what I, what I do think is that the work that we do, and this is why I am grateful, the work that we do, I think impacts individuals to truly take the action that they can make in their space. We use a concept called the spheres of influence, which essentially means that whether you are, whoever you are, we talk, in a work context, we say, you know, whether you're an individual contributor, whether you're a people manager, whether you're an executive, senior leader, you have the ability to make change in your space and in your way. And so we do ask for people to reflect on what that might look like, you know, and it's not easy. It doesn't have to be the hardest thing in the world, but it can be small. I think the important thing is that it's intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know if it's going to change the course of history, but maybe if enough of us do, those little things will be all right. I'm yeah, definitely just... in a more optimistic place today. <laughs> I, well, I was usual. feeling optimistic and then I was like, I think I just, I went down my rabbit hole. You did, <laughs> and I get it. I mean, you were dropping some knowledge on me earlier today about some of the news items that hit, you know, and I just had to laugh because it's just... You know, that's just where we're at, but (laughs) I mean, I will say, and I think you've, you've touched on this already, what has been really helpful in the last, you know, not just this year, but the last couple of years has been the work that we do. And and I'm super grateful for you as well, because not only are we doing something that I truly, truly believe is meaningful and impactful, but I do see it having a difference in the world. And I, I can only imagine how much more dark and depressed I would feel if I was working for an evil company, you know, not naming names, but we all know what, which ones they are, Um, you know, and, and that is really challenging. And so I know that not only are we, you know, we're, we're still here. (laughs) We didn't go away. We're able to, to support ourselves and we're able to do things that enrich us personally and professionally. And we're able to support our team, which has been really amazing just because, you know, you and I started this off way back when in another lifetime, (laughs) and it was just the two of us for the longest time. And now we have an actual team. Like you manage people. I manage people. They're amazing people. And they're wonderful people. And they're able to, you know, we're building generational wealth for people like literally changing the directions that families are taking, which is mind blowing to me. And, you know, and and I'm doing that for myself too. And I know you've been doing that for yourself as well. Like we are able to do things that we didn't think we would be able to do in our lives. So I also think it's been really interesting 
because with what we're seeing come about nowadays with the great resignation, yes. and a lot of people are stepping out of the workforce or choosing to mm-hmm. exit or looking to do something different. I just have been reflecting a lot on um, not just the work and you and our partnership, but also like the structure of our company. Mm-hmm. Because when we started doing this work back in 20, whatever it was, 2015, mm-hmm. 2016, you know, it was such an unusual structure that we had such a duality. And we've been talking about this theme of dualities throughout our conversation so far, but, you know, we had our community and then we had our training. We had you, we had me, Mm -hmm. you know, we're co-CEOs. We're sharing that. that We're bi-coastal. We're bi-coastal now, (laughs) Um, you know, and I think that to me, what's been really awesome to see is just how strong that structure has proven to be for us. And I think it's also really helped us in the last uh, year and a half, two years in the middle of all this, you know, wildness that it's really given us a super strong foundation that I a hundred percent guarantee that if it was just you or just me, we would have already quit and done something. Definitely. So I think I'd be a real estate agent. I'm just going to put that out there. Ah, Is that because you're watching Selling Sunset right now? I mean, I obviously look exactly like the women of someone. (laughs) (laughs) You got to get out of that mindset. Remember a patriarchal down with the whatever. I'll tell you that show is not helping uh, my little cycle of socialization in my brain. It's just reinforcing all the negative thoughts around what I should look like. Um, But the houses are amazing. They're ridiculous. But anyway, I hear you and I agree. That's a nice segue to talk about community. Let's talk about community. Okay, so on the community side, for those of you who are listening who don't really know much, is we used to, we actually were founded by running events for women in tech and tech-adjacent roles, primarily in Boston, but also in San Francisco and New York. Um, And once the pandemic happened, obviously running events was not a thing. And on top of that, some of our uh, sponsor companies, so a lot of times what would happen is uh, sponsor companies would, would sponsor the events essentially in order to recruit from our community. Um, so it's win-win-win for everyone. Uh, people were not talking about uh, hiring and recruiting events in spring of 2020. Uh, in fact, several of our- Can't imagine are, why. <laughs> yeah. I mean- I mean, there was a lot happening. Um, and a lot of sponsors were like, we're not going to hire for the foreseeable future. Now, as we've seen, the stock market has taken absolutely, you know, the economy seems to be just fine, pandemic or no. Um, but at the time, it was really scary for folks. Um, what we decided to do was really just have uh, as many virtual events as possible. We didn't want to do cookie cutter like Zoom, because who the hell can be on Zoom any more than they are? Even back then, it was like people were exhausted from, from that. Um, a lot of folks were doing it, um, but we were doing it. We did it throughout uh, 2020. What we saw was the numbers were starting to come down a little bit not a surprise. Again, everyone's super tired. So in 2021, we decided to to take a beat and not have events the way virtual or otherwise, um, the way we had done in the past and take it as a time to do some reflection. Um, We had been thinking a lot about creating some real intentionality around how can we support the folks that are part of our community that we know are struggling with the great resignation, with burnout, with um, with what's going on in their company. You know, some folks really, really want to figure out how can they level up in their careers. Other folks are like just 
you know, understanding what, you know, how they may be new managers, like how can they be supported? Some are new moms and trying to do that, um, do that work and as being a mom and showing up for the company and not feeling like um, they're, they're burning out even further and also being respected by their companies. Um, and so we did some listening sessions. We got some help from one of our amazing ambassadors, Kelly. Um, we uh, did a survey um, and then we kind of made the choice to create these small group um, uh, cohorts of professional development programming um, that was already uh, created by uh, this amazing woman. Her name is Emma BF. It's the Rise Up program. That's something that she's already done. And uh, I, we had seen it, we looked at it, we saw the results and we were like, we need to bring this to the SGO community. So basically, what we've been doing is we put out a bunch of applications. Their applications are due by end of the year for it to kick off in, in January. Um, but we already have more than enough to fill the first 10 slots. Mm -hmm. so we're actually talking about bringing in more. It's really exciting because we want to bring in folks who are sort of similar places in their career. So um, the first cohort is going to be uh, managers, mm -hmm. um, sort of mix of newer and slightly uh, more seasoned managers, because that is such a particular, especially for women, that is such a particular struggle. Mm -hmm. um, I can say that I certainly have experienced it in my professional career prior to SGO. I think it's so common for anyone to be really good at their job and then be so good that they're promoted to manage the people who are doing the work that you're really good at. And there is an assumption that you are going to be a really good people manager without having any of the training. Mm -hmm. And some people are great at it, but it is a skill. And it's, very, and it's a very different skill oh, than it is what different. typically gets people to that place. Absolutely. And that's and very hard to shift. It's very hard to shift. And especially if no one's telling you that mm -hmm. it's a shift. And you, so then you immediately assume that it's your fault that you suck at it. And then, or I will say, or you assume that it's the other person's fault and that they're just a terrible employee. The employee. Yeah, exactly. The employee sucks. I'm amazing. No. <laughs> well, I can tell you, I internalized it for sure. I was like, ah, I mean, I think there was some of that, like, oh, my employees, why can't they just be amazing like me? Exactly. No. Right. Yeah. Uh, I have no experience with that ever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Our little type A selves, right? Um, but I think that, like, the additional, uh, um, the additional, um, I don't want to say struggle, but the additional problem uh, for women is that there is also that there was called the double bind, which is mm -hmm. essentially women being viewed as both being have having to be really really nice but also being really, really effective. And this mm -hmm. idea of confidence being determined as bitchiness. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's figuring out how do you walk that tightrope um, where you're not going to be biased against by both your employees and your employers and your colleagues. So how do you do that? So I think for women, it's a particularly sensitive uh, issue when you become a people manager because you you're in a position of authority. And mm -hmm. as we all know, you won't like that for the ladies so much in this country. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I'm really excited about this program because I think, you know, like you said, we just saw such across the board zoom fatigue and fatigue in general and burnout. And we're feeling it ourselves too. So, you know, we're not some unicorns who have figured out how to, mm-hmm. how to make it in this pandemic, but you know, we're feeling it too. And I think that, you know, you're absolutely right. Like we, we were pushing the events last year and I think they were, they were really helpful in a lot of ways, but at the end of the day, we started thinking, okay, there's, there's other things people need. And I know that's something you and I have talked about so much in general with this work and with SGO. Um, you know, we always say we'll keep doing this until it's not needed anymore. And that's exactly sort of the approach that we took or we are taking with community. Okay. So maybe the, you know, former way of doing things is not going to work for right now, or maybe ever in the future, but what else can we do? Because we have this amazing group of folks and they're still out there. We know they're out there and dealing with stuff on Slack and in other places. And how can we continue to support them? And I know a lot of people at this point in time are experimenting with returning to in-person events and Mm -hmm. doing things the way we used to do them. And that's no knock on that, but I do really believe that, you know, we have such an opportunity in front of us where uh, what can we take from pre-COVID times that was great? And then what can we discard that we don't need anymore? So I'm super hopeful the Rise Up program will be a really valuable tool for people who are struggling or who are looking for additional support and, you know, and hopefully we can give that to them. So. Yeah. And what I love about it is that not only are you getting Emma's expert facilitation and coaching, but it's also, and this is why we wanted to be really intentional with the application process. We wanted to make sure that we were bringing together a group of 10 women that could also learn from each other and support each other, because that is such a critical piece to this work is it's so, especially right now when we are all sitting behind a desk and a computer screen is we are alone. Many of us are alone and, and, and struggling and not being able to figure it out um, and not even for lack of trying, it's just exhausting, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to get up and get through whatever BS you have to get through that day um, to then try to figure out, okay, well, I, I'm just grateful I got through this day, get me my glass of wine, like <laughs> going to like, okay, I got through this day and now I need to know how I'm going to like level up in my career. You know, how do I push myself to the next level? You know, I only recently started to get back into that mindset. I think that the pandemic for a lot of us has been like a, it's been so easy for us to be like, we just got through this day, pat ourselves on the back. Let's take a rest, you know? No, for sure. Right. I so, think I'm still there. I'm still <laughs> at that point. Um, but and I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I was thinking a lot again, because I, I was, uh, I'm not going to lie. I was experiencing a little bit of FOMO because I have seen some, some groups that I'm nominally part of, especially in the Boston area, do be doing these hybrid events or in-person events, especially as we head into the end of the year and, you know, holiday season and all that good stuff. And I definitely have been feeling a little bit of a oh yeah, I would, that, that would be really fun. Or I would do that. And then on the other hand, then I had these vaccine fears and COVID fears. So that I retreat mm-hmm. mentally and physically back into my little house here. But, um, I was thinking a lot about our community events back in the day mm-hmm. and how you and I would 
so many times it would be 3 p.m., 4 p.m. on a Tuesday afternoon. And we'd be like, ugh, the last thing we want to do is go and do an event tonight. And so many times I can't even count. Every time. Every time you and I would would sort of like sync up and we'd be like, all right, we're doing this event and then we're leaving, leaving. immediately. Immediately. After the last speaker has spoken because it used to be the three hour event. After the raffle hour, prizes. After the raffle prizes, which was your favorite thing to do. So we'd be like, all right, the first hour networking, the second hour speakers, we are out. out of there. We're out. And no then third we would hour. always be closing down the house. Every the time. Last hour. And every time it would be such a like injection of energy and fun and camaraderie and humor and warmth and laughter and just and so wine like, like let's be real wine and wine and some food and usually sometimes cupcakes. and maybe some cupcakes and maybe some like swag who even knows and the rapid yeah. prizes and so it's just so it was so fun and I I was just thinking about that and I was like we'll get back to that at some point I think someday. you know what I'm glad that you mentioned that because so yesterday we had participated a little bit in the Massachusetts Conference for Women, which is all mm-hmm. virtual this year. And that's something that we used to attend in person. Um, and we actually had, we had a, we sponsored it and had a booth and it was a great event. Like the, it just, it felt that energy, you know, there's thousands and thousands of mostly women in this huge space, the Expo Center in Boston. And it was, you know, it was a thing. Mm-hmm. And we looked forward to it every time. And it was interesting experiencing the virtual one for the first time because we didn't do it last year. Um, And yeah, you know, the speakers were amazing, but like, we know that they filmed everything ahead of time and they just put the things up and like, it's not the same. same. It's not the same. It's not. And, and everyone knows it. And it's just, you know, we do need to get back to having that, that energy. And I think that that's why that's why for 2022, for the virtual things that we are doing on the community side, they're intentionally small group because you can get some of that energy when you have, you know, all the video cameras on, for example, and everyone engaged in this with a, with a similar purpose and goal that can actually really communicate with each other and having a facilitator be able to guide through some real interactivity and engagement. And that's the great thing about the work that you're doing too on the training side is building in so much interactivity and engagement to make sure that that is there because we know that, you know, in-person's amazing. In-person's amazing. Virtual, I will say like, and that's a, that's a really great thing is that we've been able to not replicate in-person, but be able to create virtual experiences that can still be humorous and warm and funny and engaging and informative, which is awesome because that was a big question at the beginning of all this. It is different though, right? And so I will admit, I used to be that person who was like, I don't want to work remotely. I love being in an office. I don't think you can get away from it. When you moved to San Diego, I was like, cool, goodbye. I'm sticking with the office in Boston with my peeps. And now I'm like, I don't know if I want to go back to that model in the future. And we can't because we're so distributed now, but you know, it's an interesting question and and an interesting change. And so I do think that going forward, we've got to figure out how can we get back to the in-person moments, which are so critical for fulfilling us and, and filling up our cups and not lose what we've gotten with all this virtual engagement where we've been able to, you know, our events, 
whether they've been the community events or we had these DEI meetups that we run quarterly, we've seen people joining from literally all over the world. Our clients have gone international. Um, you know, we have new staff members who we have never met before. <laughs> in a pre-COVID time, we would have never met them because uh, in any way, because they all live in different places. So, you know, there's such, there, there's, I, I think a lot of it is coming back to what we were talking about originally with the balance of doom and gloom and optimism. I do think to your point, we've got to just fix on those moments of joy and connection and being human to get us through my rabbit hole dives, deep dives into, into wonder, the depths of the patriarchy. I know. And I, before we, and I don't know if maybe we can like not even bother talking about all the horrible news that's happened this year. I know we have like a literal list of all of them. I don't think we need to cover it because no. I feel like we've done it. But I do think this is a really excellent transition to talking about predictions for 2022. Yeah. And maybe some of the things, a little sneak peek on what we're doing for 2022 beyond mm -hmm. the Rise Up program. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where to start? Well, I mean, I'm happy to kick off with like a prediction or two. Yeah. Um, this has not been very well thought out. So you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that we are going to start to see more in-person engagement. And I'm hopeful that that will be the case too, because it is anyone's guess at this point, how variants and vaccines and all that will play out. But I do think that we're going to see more in-person engagement. And I think that, and I'm hopeful that that will be joined by additional innovation around hybrid events. So I really think that hybrid is going to be the name of the game in 2022 when it comes to how we do everything together. Um, in terms of sort of high level DEI work, I think I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. So unlike last year, when I was thinking, oh, there's going to be a slowdown, I actually don't think that the work is going to slow down, but I think we're going to see just continuation of some trends we've been seeing this year where companies and organizations are looking long-term, they're looking deeper, they're looking beyond sort of quick fixes like recruiting and hiring type stuff to uh, culture, psychological safety, um, just deeper understandings of identity and history. And I think that the aliens will invade us and those are my predictions <laughs> for 2022. <laughs> um, Alicia, the aliens have already invaded us. Oh, you're right. They probably have. <laughs> Come on, get with it. Uh, that's amazing. Um, those are all great. Uh, I am on board with all of it. Um, and I will also share, this isn't a, well, it's kind of a prediction because we've just started talking about it today. I'm just excited because for the first time, like really ever, we're doing an actual retreat for the company. So that's mm -hmm. happening in February, but we've just been talking about to your point around like, how do we have those touch points in person with still keep everything remote? I think it's having probably more retreats, more opportunities to get together. I mean, Obviously for a lot of companies, it can be really, really challenging because they may be really large and certainly expensive. You know, we're small, so it's not that much of a lift for us, but it is just so important. I and mean, I can't tell you, we literally created a Slack channel to talk about our upcoming retreat because we were all just like, not literally over the moon because that would be impossible, but we are over the moon figuratively uh, mm -hmm. about it. Uh, we were very excited. So that is um, 
just to that point around sort of having those in-person experiences for companies, um, prediction on the on the sort of on the content programming interest side for both the community and DEI. I've been thinking about this a lot lately, especially given some of the work that we've been doing lately um, is around boundary setting. Mm. I think, you know, we all know why the great recession is happening. Like it's not uh, it's the resignation. Not, I'm Although, sorry, what, did I, what did I say? You know, recession. <laughs> oh, <laughs> definitely not a recession. P.S. Again, <laughs> fascinating, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm old. I said the great resignation. (laughs) (laughs) The great resignation um, and the great reshuffling and all the other great R's that are out there right now. They're happening because people are not people are not setting boundaries and employers are not setting boundaries. And all of this, you know, bleeding back and forth into everything is just making it so messy. And there used to be a nice commute, and then people who were working remote probably had some of those boundaries set in place because that was something that they probably worked really hard to do or maybe not. But the point is, is that I think boundary setting is just going to have to be something that is set for 2022 and beyond. If companies want to be able to hire folks, I think the other thing is that we're seeing is I think a report came out recently around and again, not really a surprise. A lot of people who are quitting their jobs are starting their own businesses. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this, they're starting their own businesses and they may be consultants doing the work that they were doing as a full-time employee. Um, and companies would probably be more than happy to rehire someone as a contractor because then there's no need to worry about um, uh, health insurance and any all of the other aspects that go along with having someone as a full-time employee. So I think that that contractor model might be something that gets elevated a little bit higher. I know that there's been push pushes for that. Um, unfortunately, it failed here in California with Uber and, and Lyft, but I think something needs to be addressed with the contract work versus the full-time work. Um, So I'm going to put that out there as something, maybe not for 2022, but something in the future that that is dealt with. Um, And let me see. I predict... (laughs) (laughs) See, this is where I go dark. This is... Let's do it. I mean... (laughs) All right. My darkest fear. My darkest fear. And I have not said this in a recorded setting yet. So it makes me a little bit nervous. But my deepest, darkest fear is that 2022, we will see Republican majorities, which I'm anticipating anyway. My, But my fear around that is that folks who are progressive and women, and I'm particularly thinking of the squad, but I could also see Nancy Pelosi as part of this, will quite literally be physically harmed. Um, if not jailed, um, because I think that that is, we saw that on January, not to make it back about January 6th, but like we saw that happening then mm-hmm. with the blessing of the GOP. So I don't see why, given the radicalization of the Republican Party, why that wouldn't be the next step. Um, and then, of course, regardless, assuming we even have elections in 2024, I, they wouldn't certify the votes if the Democrat won. So 
dark, deep, dark fears in that space. And then, mm. and then we hope that we get taken over by aliens who are benevolent and kind. <laughs> that is, that's my, like, big, that's my big, if fear. they're already here, they need to freaking let us know and step in because step up. we're not doing a great job. Um, to your deep, dark fear. I, I mean, I definitely agree with it. I share it for sure. I don't think it's unfounded at all. I think it's very, it's a very real fear. And I think also to what you were saying earlier, when I was sharing my deep, dark fears and dark mindset is that power of the individual. You know, if we're bringing in the politic aspect of things, I think that's been so critical and we've seen how literally one person can be hugely impactful. I'm really thinking of Stacey Abrams. I was literally, I was right there, (laughs) right there, right there. You know, she lost the race or un- unfairly uh, was mm-hmm. denied. She single-handedly transformed one Georgia. one Georgia guy. I don't even know how many people registered, enrolled and voted. And now she's running again. And I'm so hopeful that she will actually get it this time because she deserves it. And just her impact alone has been so amazing. And one thing I've really been um, learning a lot in the last two years or so has been such that impact of local. And so I think it's such an interesting, just dynamic, given everything else that's been happening in the world. And to what you're saying is, you know, we, it has to start with us. And and this is actually kind of the model. It is actually the exact model that we use in our training. We start with the individual and then we go, we just keep going higher up and higher up. So we start with the individual, then we go in a workplace setting to their team, to their department, to their organization, to their larger community. And you start to see, as you were saying, with your spheres of influence, how you can have impact at various levels along that way. And I think the same is true with politics. Like we start local, we move from there to, you know, whatever it is state, then we move to federal, then we move to international and and all that stuff. But we're seeing this play out dramatically at the local level too. I have been much more engaged in local politics than I ever have been in the past. And, you know, there's places where we're seeing um, real battles in on for, for people like school committee members where um, the last place that I lived right outside Boston, there was a huge shift and change in Medford, Massachusetts where progressives came in and took seats from incumbents. And that was, it sparked a very real counter fear from people who are not into progressive ways of being and are anti-critical race theory and are hateful and were full of fear and anger and violence and literally were making death threats against school committee members. Mm -hmm. And you know what happened? None of those people made it through in the school committee when they did the recent um, elections. Wait, which ones didn't make it? The progressives or the old school? The old school folks. So the progressives basically swept city council and school committee that is actually not the case everywhere in the u.s so there are other places where that actually like like pennsylvania there's places where the opposite happens so i'm not saying that this is the overall trend but what i am really hopeful about is seeing how that can make a real difference where you literally have a couple people who are like you know what I'm going to do something and that can actually have a huge impact. So I, love I guess that. that's my, this is my, this has been my, my journey 
down the rabbit hole and out. Back up. I climbed, I climbed back out. I didn't go completely down the I hole. I think you did a great job. You really, you really lifted us all back up. Also, there is some, there's like a little bright also with Stacey Abrams announcement the same day, uh, Governor Baker of Massachusetts announced that he is not running for re-election. My mm-hmm. theory is that he's going to be running for president. And that's why. Yeah, you know, I actually, I saw a counter theory to that. Oh, I'm so curious. Interesting. And I think I might, I think I believe it. So I did see, I forget where I saw it. So apologies, I can't give credit. (laughs) Maybe it was an article or a tweet or something where it must've been an article. The journalist was saying that they had interviewed Baker a few years ago. And so his mother has dementia and it runs in the family. And so in whatever context, this conversation or interview happened, he basically said, it's coming for me at some point. And so what this person was positing was that instead of him quitting to focus on presidency or something else, that he's actually stepping away to, you know, not to be too uh, emotional about it, but like to enjoy his time that he has with his family. Gosh, you know, and so that might be, who knows, but it's another, another possibility. So. Wow. That's really interesting. But the bright side of that um, also potentially is that I'm hoping that Maura Healy runs yes. for governor, which would be amazing. She was attorney yes. general. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we cannot, we cannot let this podcast go by without mentioning. Thank you. Michelle do it. Wu. Thank you. Do it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Unbelievable. Literally, you know, it, it's one of those things where, so again, in case anyone is not been aware of this, but Michelle Wu recently elected mayor of Boston, first woman mayor, first woman of color mayor ever in the history. Amazing. Um, I'm super thrilled for her and for where this is going to take the city. And I know you are too. And even though you don't live in Boston, actually oh, neither of us live thrilled. in Boston anymore. Yeah. So thrilled. And what is, has been really interesting too, is again, to this whole conversation around the impact we can all have. It was super interesting because Obviously, given SGO's roots and our ties and our background and everything, we're so uh, on top of what's going on at, in, in Boston at the city level and things like elections and whatnot. But it was super interesting to see how it was a news item that was picked up nationally. Yeah. And so it just reminded me that, you know, Boston is a small city, but it is a powerful city. <laughs> No, I think that you are totally right, though, about all of it. And I did want to just, the only reason why I wanted to say who Maura Healy was, because I don't think a lot of people know, but she's, uh, actually, I don't know if she's still the attorney general for Massachusetts, but what's been so amazing about her, not only is she a gay woman, but also she uh, basically spent the last four years um, suing Donald Trump, along with Mm -hmm. several other um, uh, states. So she's a delight. And I would love to see her run um and win so i think you're right local local matters and you know 2022 will be like we did in 2019 we will be working on um doing our very best to um get out the vote and for people to be civically engaged because it is very critical i think i made that very clear earlier (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> why it's just a little important. Um, and that is something that we, we, you know, it's funny for folks that haven't known us very long, you know, before 2016, we were nonpartisan. We're mm-hmm. like, you know, we are not, you know, we really support all 
folks, all anyone who, who identifies with the SGO mission and mindset. Um, but we ended up having to really, we had to choose and we wanted to use our voice. And so we are not bashful about the fact that we are progressive, socially minded organization that likes, you know, all good humans. Mm -hmm. I yeah. qualified it. I qualified it. That's terrible. We like all humans. <laughs> good humans. <laughs> and maybe some aliens. We don't know. Sure. I'm down for it. <laughs> Take us away. I know. Anything I know. else that we want to cover? Mm, I we think we've it? talked about all the things. So, you know, we can see where our predictions take us. And yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I'm, I'm just, I'm, you know, I would, I've been spending a lot of time being very scared and nervous and anxious, and I'm just going to be excited to continue on doing the work and being around people who care about making the world a more equitable place. So that is my mission for 2022. And I am so grateful for you, Felicia. Another year in the bag. Ditto. Likewise, another year in the bag. It's all blurring together at this point. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> well, when we see each other in person for the first time, since 2019 no since 2020 oh my gosh you're right <gasps> yeah our last our last in person was february 2020 february 2020 and you came out to visit and work that was amazing oh 2020 february 2020 oh single tear no. <laughs> <No. laughs> uh well this has been a delight as always i can't wait to see how many uh what the numbers look like for how many people actually finished listening to the podcast maybe they can I drop know. in their email address maybe you can email whoever is listening to this at the end please all the way to the us. end email us and we'll get you we'll like we'll what, what email should they use to contact uh us? they should you they'll use hello at shakingsouth.com i think that okay. would be good and then yeah email us and then let us know that you listen to the end of this podcast and we will send you a special a surprise gift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. I told Steve, my husband, that I was podcasting and he was like, you still do that? Oh, oh, well, that's the other thing is we'll be doing more of that in 2022. So stay tuned oh, yes. for that. Um, it's a prediction that will come true. Is that yes. We'll be doing more podcasting in 2022. Yes. Stay tuned. All, all right. right. Bye. Thanks to all our listeners for spending some time geeking out with us. If you enjoyed listening, please rate and review us on iTunes. Every review helps. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next interview. And tell all your friends. New episodes drop every Tuesday. <laughs> Check us out at She Kicks Out on all the things. And in case you're wondering what those things are, they are Twitter, Insta, FB, otherwise known as Facebook, LinkedIn, and our website, of course. Bye, Rachel. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia.